Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're going to jump right into another episode of Queer's Folk. Yeah, let's get to it. We are at episode 114. Moving along. Uh, yeah, moving right along through season one, finally. <laughs> um, I really like this episode, especially coming off of 113, which was such a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really set us up nicely for what was to come in this one. Look, yeah. tying up the loose strings, uh, loose ends. Um, but what I loved about this episode, the comedic timing. I mean, it was serious <laughs> yeah. issues. But everything was so yeah, funny. There, you know, I guess this is presented as a drama, but there is some comedy in this. And now also just like props to all the actors who, you know, perfect timing, perfect little gestures here yeah. and there. Yeah. Props I mean, to them. They are true professionals. They are. Like, I mean, it's easy to watch them. Yeah. It really is. The other thing about this episode is there are a lot of little subtle things. Um, that you can pick up on that teach you about the characters and just kind of add more to each of the plot lines that mm-hmm. are going on. So hopefully we'll get to, I'll remember to dive into some of those too. <laughs> yeah. We have so much. Yeah. So. Okay, well, let's get going then. So we start out and we're at Brian's office and this is coming off of 113 when Brian has been accused by Kip of uh-huh. sexual harassment. Mm. So he's here and he's talking about this upcoming trip that he has for work for one of his campaigns. And he's with uh, Cynthia, who's like his assistant. And his boss comes in and he's uh-huh. like, hey, hang it up. You're not you're not going on this trip. We're going to have to send Bob and Brad, which they must be desperate because we know how terrible Bob and Brad are. <laughs> They're desperate. I mean, they hang on every word that Brian tells them to do. <laughs> right. So you're going to send the, the, the third string? Not even yeah. second. The third, yeah. third string? But um, yeah, so... He gets that bad news, you know, like, this is serious. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I know you trying to brush it off and get back right. to life, but it's happening. Yeah, because in Brian's mind, Brian saw what we saw, of course. And so he knows, like, I didn't do what he said. And so he's not really thinking anything of it. But when Ryder comes in and he's like, no, dude, you got to go home. You got to meet with HR. You got to have this mediation, all this stuff. Right. And so Brian says, well, what happened to innocent and proven guilty? But with charges like this i mean that stuff has to be taken seriously yeah the boss he wasn't rude but he was very firm he stuck with it and let brian know like hey as a friend as a boss get a good lawyer yeah because it's looking nasty right and he had to like he's got to remain neutral in this but also he's got a company to run i mean let's just be honest he's like i don't want this scandal on my company no you know and he makes a comment about the client not wanting to be tied to this gay sex scandal and brian makes a comment like would it be would Better it prefer it straight? if it were straight yeah but you um, see he didn't say anything he did because <laughs> there would have been easier to push under the rug mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if it were not push under the rug but i mean yeah, come on well, now because when it's a man and a woman i mean how it always happens i mean hello we're living kind of post me to america yes and how it usually happens is like the big corporate guys get together and they're like yep. oh that girl was asking for it yep. or she's just you know crying they wolf shame now the or victim whatever. yeah they mm-hmm. shame the victim exactly um, and so, yeah, that is usually, unfortunately, how it's handled in the straight world. And so for it to be a gay thing, um, you know, they don't really have a precedent for that. And so they definitely won't know part of that. Exactly. And they suspended him. Yeah, they did. Sent him home. And I think that Brian feels like his boss is overreacting uh, and it's kind of hanging him without a trial. But again, that's how these situations are handled yeah. in a lot of cases. I mean, it's serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. It's yeah. sad. Corporations have, corporations have to take very quick and drastic measures when someone makes a sexual harassment claim. That's true. Because you just never know. If you weren't in the room, you don't know what happened in the room. That's true. So. I mean, they have a lot at stake. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. their whole reputation, they're going to be sued. He's going to be sued. Yeah. I mean, 
everybody's going to lose. Yeah. Okay. So we kind of leave that brewing and we go over to the diner and Brian is there with Michael and Ted and he's being kind of nonchalant about it. And Michael is going very like, I told you so Mm -hmm. on this deal with him. This was a cute scene to me, though. Yeah. I mean, because you got the three guys minus Emmett because we know what he's going through. Right. But we got the three guys sitting there. You have Michael all over the place, you know, extra cheery, but. The condescending tone, I told you. And then you have Brian being calm but sad and deflecting everything. And then you look at Ted and his heart is breaking. Yeah, because he's missing his friend. He says his his workout buddy, his beer buddy, you know. (laughs) But I do like Brian in a very Brian way. He's being supportive of Ted and he's trying to encourage him and like, hey, Emmett will go, you know, Emmett will come out of this in the meantime. Michael and I are here for you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we'll we'll pour beer on you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean he was showing that on you, yeah. He was showing that, yes, I fuck with you all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I tease you, I do whatever. Yeah. That's our banter. Yeah. But when the push comes to shove, I'm here for you. You mm-hmm. know, like we're all friends. We're gonna get through this together, type shit. Yeah. So like you said, Emmett's not there, and that's because he's over at a see the light meeting. <laughs> and so we go over there and there is a I guess you would call them a couple, and they are sharing <laughs> their story about their first kiss. Uh and he the guy's like, Can you stand it? And I'm like, No, no, no. I really cannot. I was yeah. like, Don't get me going. I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, but um so they're sharing their version of a success story. And as Emmett is leaving there, he meets a lady named Heather, and then <laughs> you know, she's all excited. She gives him this very firm handshake, but she says like she's working on that, trying to lighten up that grip. And she they're talking about how they both want to be a success story. And so they're gonna, you know, they're gonna catch up later. But anyway, she tells a story uh about how her see the light journey she's six months in I believe she says and she says that what happened to her is she fell in love with a girl in college and uh she kind of got her heart broken Mm -hmm. because that girl um left got engaged to a golf pro and left her and so she dealt with that heartbreak by bouncing around from woman to woman right and she said she found herself in what she described as darkness and she said when she discovered that that's when she started looking for the light and what I wanted to do is just like pull her to the side and tell her the issue wasn't you being a lesbian being or you yeah. being in the dark is that you got your heart broke you didn't deal with it well you became and, a thought out here in these streets well, yeah your coping mechanisms were ineffective and a little bit self-destructive yeah <laughs> so it had nothing to do with you being a lesbian it's just you didn't handle the breakup well <laughs> absolutely but they do say the best way to get over somebody is to get, get underneath under- somebody <laughs> they do okay that's what they yeah, say but you know she just never processed her heartbreak and so that's what happened to her and put her in a dark spot uh but anyway she invites emmett on a date and uh you know i died yeah <laughs> i died okay like, i mean she's a well, feminine their woman roles were reversed yes. you know like she invited him in on the date she says she's gonna pick him up she punches him in the shoulder <laughs> you know they clearly you know, did that way on purpose but i really liked what they were showing with that yes. you know they were you know in each other's shoes yes. in a weird way yeah no <laughs> absolutely yeah oh that was so funny that scene because the handshake Emmett pulled his hand back in pain. The punch on the shoulder almost knocked him over. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pick you up. He was like, hold and up. And he's like, well, shouldn't I pick you up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they're was, trying to, yeah. I was in tears. In tears. Yeah. Okay. So then we go over to Dr. David and Michael's home. And Dr. David comes in like a whole snack Ooh, with a snack. Baby. <laughs> okay. That's why I love this man. Okay. That's why I love this man. He come in ass out. Okay. <laughs> 
ass out with wine and pasta. I mean, a little penne, you know, <laughs> feeding his man in bed, in yeah. bed, spoiling mm-hmm. him. Okay. Yeah. I love him. I just do. I love this man. <laughs> sometimes. Okay. Sorry, sometimes. Yeah. So he's there and they're talking and uh, Michael gets a phone call and Dr. David comments that better not be who I think it is, which naturally he thinks it's mm-hmm. Brian. Uh, but turns out it's Ted, who is in bed watching um, one of his little movies. And he says that Brian called him freaking out, which to Michael is like hanging a bat signal in the sky <laughs> of Gotham City. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, he is going to go, you know, he hears those words, Brian's freaking out, Brian's in trouble. <laughs> he is going. Uh, and he says that Brian's worried about his finances. He was asking Ted, like, you know, how long can I survive yeah. if I don't have my income, basically. And Ted knows it's serious because Brian thanked him for his advice and we all know brian is not thanking ted or anybody for anything because brian is god's gift yeah if he's thinking something's up yeah something is definitely Mm -hmm. up uh and so michael hangs up that call and he immediately picks up the bat phone is about (laughs) to call brian and dr david stops him from calling him and uh he says we're not going to have a relationship like Melanie and Lindsay, which if I wanted to be petty, I would say, well, two episodes ago, you wanted one just like theirs, Facts. <laughs> but I'm going to not be petty. <laughs> and my th- this is sometime. You cannot <laughs> give me ultimatums of who I can yeah. and cannot associate with, especially when I knew them before you and I knew them half my life. And this is a serious issue. This isn't Thank Brian's you. drunk at Babylon needs a ride home. This is a serious Thank issue. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was rude with his response. Oh, he made that bed. He's going to lay in it. Yeah, Whatever he said. in it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was well, like, uh-uh. But what he says to him is that, you know, this home, this relationship, our, our bed is, not, is only big enough for the two of us. There's no room for Brian. And he makes him promise that he won't involve himself in that situation. And I just don't think that's fair. It's not fair. It's shitty. Yeah. I mean, that's not fair. Your partner is supposed to be there to support you, especially if he knows your heart is attached to your friend right. who's going through something serious. Like you said, it's not a drunken night. It's right. not just like a little, oh, he had a fling. He needs to pick up. I mean, this man is seriously going through it. I mean, he can lose everything. Right. Everything's on the line. He could lose his current job, but also be prevented from getting a future job. He could go to prison for something Absolutely. like this. You know, it's a huge issue. Okay, so... I totally am like, nah, Dr. David, you being a little too extreme on this. But I do know that Dr. David knows how much of Michael, how much Michael will give of him of himself to Brian. Right. And I think it's that that he's trying to avoid, you know. Uh, unfortunately, like most of them do, they take out the issues with their partner on Brian. You right. Know? It's like, okay, that's Michael. If Michael chooses to get himself all involved and give all his time and energy and effort to Brian, you shouldn't be mad at Brian necessarily. Exactly. You should matter your partner about that. True. You're in a relationship with that person, yeah. not Brian. So it's just not cool that he puts Michael in a position to have to choose in that situation. But I think he might also know that Michael would sacrifice him if it mm-hmm. meant helping helping Brian. So like I said, he makes him promise uh, because he knows that he knows that Michael will go. So he makes him <laughs> promise not to. Uh, and he's forbidding him to do it, you know, like mm. he's a child. But anyway. So then we see Brian and he's talking to Melanie and they're walking to go have lunch or something somewhere. And she is calling him on his audacity to ask her for help. (laughs) You know, I'm, you know, I'm here for that. Well, hold on. Hold on. She, she says, you mess up my life and destroy my relationship. And I'm like, hold up, girl. Uh -uh. Because, no, because Mm -mm. I thought 
it was you over there on your little cigarette break with Miss Mary Ann okay. in the midst of your relationship. But now you want to be petty? <laughs> but now you want to be petty. Okay. I'm just being, I'm just stating facts. I'm no. not being petty. I'm no, saying No, that's facts. petty. Because we know before cigarette breaks, Brian was all up and through Lindsay and Melanie's relationship. Okay, that's true. But. <laughs> yeah, all up and through. And yes, okay. Mel. I'm 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 gonna touch on that later. I'm gonna touch on that later. Yeah. We keep going. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh well okay, let me just sneak this in though. Oh no, we'll touch on it later, like you said. Okay, we'll come back to it. Hopefully we'll mm-hmm. remember. Um I do what it says here that Brian goes to Melanie knowing all the drama that they've had for the past thirteen episodes. It shows that he respects her in her profession. Yeah, he and knows trust that she, her. Yeah, mm-hmm. Marty Ryder said, "Get you, get you a good lawyer." He went right to Melanie, yep. so he so knows that she's a bulldog. She can defend him well and get it done. So, no matter what goes on with them personally, professionally, he definitely respects what right. she's about and what she can do. And also, I, f- I think it's about being comfortable as well, because mm-hmm. he was going to have to disclose some personal details. She already knows him. She right. knows his personality. She knows where his mind is. Yeah. It's easier to talk to somebody that you've been knowing for years. Even if the relationship hasn't been always, you know, a yeah. hundred. She she knows him, you know. And mm-hmm. he knows deep down inside she wouldn't hang him out to dry. And, you know, we touched on this a little bit earlier. But I think, again, this shows us that you know, no matter what front Brian is presenting to everybody else, he knows this is a serious issue. And he has to, you know, face it head on. Has to deal with it. You know, he makes a comment uh, about homophobic corporate America wins mm-hmm. again. And I love Mel's response here. It too. is just everything. She says, you know, basically like, hey, white male privilege is a real thing. You yep. know, she said, no matter your sexuality, you have it better than any woman or person of color in this country. And that was true in 2000. And that's still true 20 in 2020. years yeah. later. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, when she said that, I damn near fell over. I mean, because that hit home. Mm-hmm. That hit home. That's facts. Yeah. I, I mean, literally, white male privilege is something that I mean that is still current and relevant now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, she hit home with that. A very real thing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to anybody who would say that this show is dated, I'm like, nah. These issues are still going on. They're still, still here. I mean, somebody could have said that in a show that's running on the air right now. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asked Brian, "Tell me what happened," and he says, "Well, he wanted it. I gave it to him." And she says, you know, where did this happen? And he says, in my office and in my loft. And to Brian, it's just like that simple. He's got nothing to hide. He's just like, here's here's what happened. Here's yep. what it is. The guy asked me for a promotion and I said he wasn't ready and he didn't like that. Mm. But her next question, I love how her mind thinks. Yeah. You know, her next question was like, well, how many random hookups do you have a month? Yeah. And he answered with a slew. I mean, <laughs> one per day. Basically. 20 to 30. That's a lot in one year. Like. I've calculated your numbers, Brian Kenny. They're kind of high. Yeah, see? <laughs> but he's safe. Yeah, I mean, so. no judgment. I'm just saying they're kind of high. But yeah. Mel is using that argument to say, well, you don't have to abuse your position at work to get laid, which in reality doesn't necessarily mean anything because yeah. we know a lot of wealthy, attractive men will still, you know, throw no, that their is weight true. around. To, That's true. But, uh, but I get where she was coming from with that argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so she is going to help him, and Brian is grateful for that. She says, it might be a good idea for you to have to owe me one, you know, and I think part of that is, you know, a jab at him, but yeah. the other part of it is just, there's something, there's that alpha in them that recognizes, well, you came to me because you know I'm the best, and so I think that she, she yeah. recognizes that too. Mm-hmm. So. You know, she got that little chip now. Like, yeah. 
Brian Kenny needs me. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go over to Debbie and Vix, and I missed them because they were not mm-hmm. in the last episode. And so it wasn't until I saw them on screen that my heart got a little happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, always fun. Yeah. You know? Well, they were uh, doing a little coordinated routine to the hustle. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and Justin is trying to study, and I think he is both equally amused and annoyed. <laughs> I mean, knowing he grew up in the home with Jennifer and Craig Taylor, you know, very wasp mm-hmm. home. And so to him, it's like, what is this freak show? <laughs> but also, it's like watching your parents dancing to him. Yep. So I get why he's, you know, a little bit annoyed, but mm-hmm. amused. And then we get a little knock on the door. Yeah. Michael comes in mm-hmm. and uh, he makes a comment about um, Justin going up to to his room, which is actually Michael's room. And Debbie says, well, we all want to say, let it go, Michael. I was about to say the same thing. Like, if you say that one more yeah. time, God, let it go. Yeah, well, then they get to talking about Brian. Well, it's because uh, Debbie is happy that Michael is, you know, living the good life as Mrs. Dr. David Cameron. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, good. I thought you were going to chase around Brian forever. And then Michael makes a comment that he's got his own stuff to deal with. And Justin's like, whoa. Yeah, those he, ears. You know? Yeah, <laughs> what kind of stuff? And um, they, you know, they kind of say what's going on. And he says, we got to do something. And they're just kind of like, oh, well, you know, Brian messed up. He kind of yep. screwed himself over. And that's just what that is. And but Justin's not having that. No, so he he's goes, not. Michael, you're his best friend. You should do something. And so mm-hmm. Michael kind of blows it off. But then we see him pick up the phone. He calls Dr. David. And he lies and says that his mom is sick. This is what I don't agree with, though. So you touched on it earlier when you just said David is taking all the drama out on Brian. It's Michael. Yeah, Michael's the pro- the issue. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a grown man. Yeah. You're damn near 30. Yeah. If not 30. I don't know if you're 29 or 30. No, no, no. No, Michael 20, just turned Michael 30. Michael just turned 30. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. So Michael's 30. You should have to lie. Right. Especially making up a, a sickness on your mom. Right. You know, like, you're a grown man. You over here creating these own issues. This is why David doesn't trust you. This right. is why David don't want you to be around Brian. Right. Last time you did this, you ended up in New York. He didn't know that. <laughs> exactly. Like, you yeah. Know, yeah. like, you're always doing something. Right. And then he makes Brian look like the bad guy. Yeah. Because... David sees you did this to help Brian. I was like, no, Michael chose to do that. Yeah, yeah. Brian doesn't even know you doing these right, things. Right, right. You know? He didn't tell you, like, call him and lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, Debbie's sick. I'm pretty sure Brian could have come up with a better lie. Yeah, but, he would have. Uh, yeah, Slick. no, this is totally on Michael. And I mean, just say to your friend, like, if you cannot respect me and my friendships and my decisions as my partner, then we got a big issue. Right. That's got nothing to do with whether or not I show up at Brian's house. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, then back at Brian's office, Kip has the nerve to walk in. Yeah. And Uh, says that, you know, I'll drop this whole thing. If you say that you're sorry and you reconsider me for that position. Look, the position is over. Okay. Yes, for real. It's done. (laughs) Yeah. And also, where are the witnesses that saw this man (laughs) walk to his office? Who let him come up in there? Their HR is trash. Trash. Where are they? Like, you have the balls to come to my office and then you're gonna tell me you would drop this if i apologize to you right boy and still give you the job yeah girl no no, not happening (laughs) not happening and so brian makes that very clear he will not be apologizing yo that was low-key sexy the way he handled him too (laughs) you know he got a little physical i never seen brian like that (laughs) yeah he did get pretty aggressive yeah Yeah. i was surprised by that yeah i love that but uh yeah Girl, I, Kip coming to the office. Yeah. I cannot. Yeah, I just, like, mm. oh, 
dude, yeah, mm, people like that <sighs> mm, on my bad list. <laughs> uh, so we see Mel and Ted, and they are leaving a uh, night at the opera, and Mel is crying, and it's clear that she just misses Lindsay. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, poor Ted says, it's okay, most of my dates wish they were with someone else. Poor Ted. <laughs> yeah. oh. Poor Teddy. It breaks my heart. Um, but I like seeing Melanie and Ted there with each other, you know, and, and supporting each other, um, hanging out that it night. It was really good. They yeah. have great chemistry. Um, and their banter is really good. I mean, yeah. for- they respect each other. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, because all the other friendships are great, but they've got this little biting Either, you know, just there's always some, there's something underlying with all right. the other friendships, like with Brian and Ted, uh-huh. and then, uh, you know, even with Brian and Emmett. But yeah, they all have something yeah. underneath them, but they don't have that. No, they're both but, alone, so they're hanging out with each other. Yeah, they're, they're hugging, they're embracing. You know, he's trying to cheer her up, make her feel better, because clearly she's missing her, um, her girl. And then we see Emmett is also <laughs> on a date with Heather, and uh, Melanie is not feeling that at all. And then Heather makes the not wise comment to mm. say I thought you were normal and then Mel is like oh, we are excuse you <laughs> she almost got snatched yeah okay. she has this very righteous indignation about her when she's talking and she's like what you know no you're not seeing the light and what is wrong with you there's nothing wrong with us right <laughs> yeah. and then someone said oh I can't believe you find this amusing and she's I'm not amused I'm outraged yeah uh-huh. I, I, I love that yeah. I loved mm-hmm. that she was really hurt like yeah. like what's going on right how dare you question and challenge me and yeah. how I choose to live my life when you're you're a fraud yep. you know like I understand you might be on this personal journey or whatever but what you're doing is fraudulent exactly so the people encouraging you to do it are you know no good exactly Um. so yeah Melanie is a little hot <laughs> about so that clearly they kept it pushing yeah. because they no one was feeling love in yeah. that little circle but at the end of that you know Ted does miss his friend and so he's like hey well can we ever can we hang out you know like I know okay your life's gonna go in a different direction okay whatever but can we hang out and Emmett invites him to a see the light meeting I want to slap the hell out of him <laughs> And who carries around a seat of light flyer? Flyer, yeah. Like, girl, I want to slap the hell. But he looked good. But I want to slap the hell out of his ass. Ugh. Yeah. So over at Brian's Lofts, um, he gets a knock on the door. And Michael shows up with junk food uh, <laughs> to be a good friend. And they're reminiscing about high school and... You know, they're eating pizza and fried chicken. And I like that he showed up for his friend. And so when I say but, I'm not saying there's anything bad. Um, but it just kind of shows almost... Uh, How thirsty Michael is. Well, it almost shows an immaturity about their friendship because, I mean, he's very supportive. and he's I don't mean immature in a bad way, but an immaturity because he just shows up with that. And yes, you know, Brian needed a break and just needed to have a little bit of fun. But it's like, that's all Michael was offering. I mean... That's all Michael knows to offer, right. but that's all, you know, I don't know. I mean, just I'm not saying it's bad. I just, it felt a little, yeah. No, seriously, though. I mean, it goes back to when Michael met um, um, Dr. David's friends. Yeah. He really didn't have any conversation for them. Yeah. I mean, he is on a, a immature level, yeah. you know? I think for what he could offer, right. that was that was good and great for what he could offer. Right. But it just shows how low that ceiling is. Right. No, that's true. Well, and yeah, and all the conversations were about, remember that time in high school? And I remember this from high school. Mm -hmm. And so just like, I don't know. There's just, um, Nichelle made a comment, I think in, in the coffee and conversation that we did with her a while back, she made a comment 
and I think it was in that, or it might have been in what I got cut it, cut out of there because, you know, we talked for hours. But anyway, she said that that's a friendship that probably they probably should have grown apart because they have right. really no more in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that Michael was wrong or it was bad or anything, but it's just like, you see this gap in where they are in their lives, right. kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't like about this scene, I mean, actually, I like this scene, but yeah, it no, takes I, me a, back. I'm glad that he showed up for his friend. I yeah, absolutely. Make that clear. I'm glad he showed up for his friend. Yeah, I mean, he definitely showed up, and he was there for comfort food and just letting him be him. Yeah. You know, Brian doesn't have to put on a show for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's Michael, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I don't like how flirty Michael is. Yeah, like, he's like all over his back. And I know yeah. I can see that he's like drunk, or but still, it's like, I mean, first of all, you lied to your guy you. to be over here. Yep. And now you're doing all this stuff, which I understand y'all are friends and y'all have this weird physical thing that y'all do with each other. He leaned in for a kiss like he wanted Brian to plant one I on mean, him. I mean, he was like, Almost inside his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> he's on his back. I just thought that was disrespectful. <laughs> it was a little disrespectful. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Uh-uh. Um, okay. So, but while all that is happening, also, he finds a list where Brian has, like, written out these budget cuts that he can make. And then we see Brian's face. And you, you feel bad for him because yeah. the severity of it is hitting him. And he realizes, like, yeah, I know that I probably should have done things differently. Yeah, I realize I messed up. But... I still don't know that I deserve this. Right, you know, and and, right. and I'll, I'll say he's not crying and whining and saying, woe is me necessarily. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, Kip's awful. He, re- I think he realizes. He fucked up. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly. He realizes that he's got, even though he did not force himself on Kip, he realizes that he definitely should not have put either one of them in that situation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's smarter than that. Yeah. He, he knows better. He knows better. He does. And like it's, it goes back to what Melanie was saying. Dude, you're pulling 20 and 30 tricks a month. Yep. Like, you didn't really have to do that in your office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Definitely not with a coworker, but mm. but he knows it. So, like I said, the severity of it is hitting him. Uh, so then over at Debbie's house, uh, Debbie and Vic are leaving, and Dr. David shows up Ooh. to bring some soup to his mother-in-law, or would-be mother-in-law, and basically just catches Michael in a lie. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> My mama, she would have got the coughing and yeah. sneezing. I, I mean, everything. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> My mama would have been like, she must have had a reason. For yeah. This. Like, I mean, we're going we to talk she about this like, tomorrow. I got the COVID. But yeah, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick right now. The Rona didn't got me. <laughs> And um, Vic is taking me to the um, urgent care right now. Yeah, we on the way right now. Back away six feet. (laughs) Social distance. (laughs) She told all of the truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah. And I think she, like, at the end tried to, you know, play it off and smooth it over. But it was too late. And Dr. David's smart, too. Like, Mm -hmm. he knows. Because the other thing is Michael was not there. Michael said he was going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so even if Debbie was sick, Michael was not there. Right. So, like, okay, where you at? Yeah, for real. leaving. So where are you at? Well, I parked around the corner, so I'm warming the car up. It's cold. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-mm. Uh, so he leaves there, and then we go over to Woody's on the avenue, and Brian and Michael are putting on a show. A good show. <laughs> yeah, they're killing it. You know, I like Brian Kenny on the guitar. So I do too. Look. Good look for him. Uh, and Dr. David walks in mid-concert and sees them rocking out and kissing. <laughs> yeah, the usual. So, yeah, so he is not happy, just turns around and uh, leaves because clearly Michael has lied. And just what he feared that Michael went and involved himself with Brian, lied to him and chose Brian. That's exactly what what Michael did. But 
other eyes should have seen that Brian, everybody's been telling him that Brian's freaking out. Brian's not doing well. But in that moment, Brian was smiling, happy, upbeat. His man was smiling, happy, upbeat. He should have said, you know what? I mean, I would have just stayed. I would have been pissed because you lied to me. But I would have stayed and maybe, you know, bought him around or something. Let Mm -hmm. Let it be known. I know you lied to me, but I see yeah. why you're here. Yeah, I see you him happy. Yeah, you trying to tear up your friend, yeah. and I get that side of it, but still, we're going to deal with this lion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're going to deal with this when we get home. When I'm not going to put on no, yeah. no scene. But yeah, I know. Some, you miss up when you just, when you see something, you turn around and walk out, and you don't really let yourself see the situation play out. Sometimes you miss things. Yep. So, the next morning, we're at Brian's loft, and Mel is there, and she's going over the case with him, and Justin is also there, and he's... In the kitchen area, blending up hangover cure. <laughs> his grandmother's, <laughs> his grandmother's recipe. famous yeah. recipe. <laughs> yeah. I guess his grandmother hits the brown liquors pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> but he's trying to help. And then he tells Brian that, you know, I'm trying to help. He says, I'll do anything, you know, to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's sweet and he's trying to be there for him. He re- At this point, I think he knows what's going on, yeah. situations Brian, what situation Brian is in. So he's trying to help out. And then while that's happening, Lindsay shows up with Gus, and uh, there's just this little moment. Yeah, it was a moment of silence, and it was shock on everybody's faces. Yeah, it's like, how's this going to go down? Yeah. Yeah. And my heart was breaking because Lindsay carries all of her emotion on her face. Yeah. I mean, you can see when she's upset, all of that in her face. Where with Melanie, you get it from her tone because Mm -hmm. she's really sharp in her responses. Yeah. Um, So when the door opened up and she saw um, Mel standing there, she was frozen. Yeah. And then Gus was there. I mean, it was a... Well, I think neither one of them knew, like, they're trying to take their cues from each other. Right. Like, how is this going to go? But then Lindsay, you know, luckily Gus is there as a buffer. And so mm-hmm. Lindsay's like, look who's here, Gus. And so Melanie, get, you know, gives him a hug and gets to love on him a little bit. Right. And then you see that they're both wearing, still wearing their rings mm-hmm. um, at this point. Yeah. So. But this is where I said, now I'm going to get on to Mel. Yeah. Mel is treating Lindsay so damn terrible. Girl, you're the one who cheated. Right. Okay. You should be doing everything in your power to get your family back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or making sure that your family. And also... Just because you cheated on your on your fiance, wife, girlfriend, whatever the title is, you don't have to abandon your child. Right. I mean, yeah. the fact that she ain't seen the baby, girl, that's shitty. That is. That's shitty. This baby that you were just fighting to yeah. have uh, thank uh, you. guardianship of thank uh, you. five episodes ago. Okay. Um, so they have their little moment and in the background you see Brian and Justin watching this exchange and uh you can kind of see on their faces that they they kind of feel for their friends and they I think they want things to to either work out or at least be amicable between them because they know they do care for each other and, and Gus is involved. And so, um, yeah, it's like that you get to kind of see them in the background watching that all play out. So Melanie leaves the loft abruptly. But, you know, there are some personalities that they can't, they don't know how to handle like resolution mm-hmm. or confrontation. Not confrontation because she can do that. But just like... <laughs> I messed up. I need to stand here and deal with, you know, right. with the situation. Like, some personalities don't know how to handle that. And I think Melanie is that way. No, I think the issue is she doesn't want to say sorry because she really feels that she was pushed away. Yeah. You know, like, she was pushed away. She had no choice. Well, and, no, keep going. I yeah, agree. Like, like, she had no choice. But then, at the same time, like... You're a grown woman. You're a professional woman. You made that choice. You split your own family uh-huh. up. Okay? This is on you. And Lindsay even told you in that moment, hey, don't go. Yeah. And you still decided to go and leave. You know, like, 
this is definitely on her. I just think she she does not want to say sorry because she is yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. I, th- I yeah. think she can deal with it. She I just think don't that's want right to. because if you link back to what she said when she was with Brian, which you challenged me on earlier, so I said we're going to come back to, she was blaming this on, she blamed it on Brian. She said Brian's the one who destroyed mm-hmm. her life and her relationship. And so I think a little bit of it is she, you know, does feel like, you know, well, it wasn't my fault. Like you said, I was kind of right. pushed into a corner between mm-hmm. a rock and a hard place, somewhat by Lindsay and then also by Brian, mm-hmm. a little bit by this, not Gus himself, but you know, just the whole situation, the whole situation with Gus. And so, yeah, I do think that could be some of it too. And so, even though she knows that she was wrong, there's some hesitance to admit it or something, yeah. or to just deal. I guess that's what I was trying to say. She doesn't want to deal with the fact that yeah. she was wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she she'd rather just cut and run. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, when she leaves, Brian says, "Well, why don't you, why don't you go after her? You know, right. her. And she's like, "Well, no, she cheated on me." Facts. She's like, "I shouldn't have to." Which I mean, yes, that I'm is right absolutely there. true. Um, I agree with that, but I do see what Brian is saying. Like, well, hey, if you want her back, why don't you let her know that you want her back? Now he she doesn't know. Did. Yeah, he doesn't know that Lindsay already tried that, and Mel still left. But yeah, anyway. and then also her chasing her back. It's basically setting herself up to, for it to happen again in the future. Yeah. Or just letting it saying, oh, it's cool. I love you. You can cheat on me. You can always have a home here. No, it don't work like yeah. that. You know, yeah. There's ground rules. Well, uh, Brian tells her, well, maybe you got what you want. And then, because, you know, you know, Lindsay was in this like weird place with Melanie right. anyway, a couple episodes back. Uh, but then she says, no, maybe you got what you want. And Brian's like, yeah, go ahead. Blame me. Everybody else says, which in this episode, a lot of people are, you know, Dr. David's blaming him. Melanie's blaming him. Lindsay's blaming him. But I didn't like that stance that he took like, oh, everybody's blaming me. You got your hands in our, everybody's cookie <laughs> jar. Okay. You're always somewhere around the drama yeah. you know like stop it don't throw the rock and hide your hand yeah that's what he's doing um yeah so i mean yeah i mean but... i feel him. my heart is with brian <laughs> don't get me wrong yeah my heart is with brian for sure these last two mm-hmm. episodes i've definitely been rocking with him yeah. strong but i also feel like okay you have to get him out of your stuff you know because you know melanie and Lindsay can say well he was in our in our relationship and he was creating problems but Lindsay, tell him not to come over here mm-hmm. <laughs> you know or whatever but, she can't because legally he has rights. But she can take the baby to him, let the baby stay there for a little while. He didn't have to come to their house to see the baby. Like if Lindsay really wanted to say, hey, for whatever reason, our friendship is toxic to my relationship. I'm going to prioritize that. There are things that she could have put in place to protect her relationship. If Brian's like the big bad wolf that everybody's claiming he is, you know? Okay. When you put it like, (laughs) when you put it, you put it like that. I'm going to put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So anyway, uh, I like the, like Brian's on the couch and he's like a step away from death because he's so hungover (laughs) and Justin's sitting there and Brian's head's kind of like resting on him and Justin just making sure he's okay. Looking down on him and they're so cute. And Lindsay is basically saying, I'm going to have to go back to work. I'm going to need a babysitter. Well, Justin offers, but of course he can't because he's in school. I think everybody forgets that he's yes. still in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so he did can't you do think, it. Before we even get into it, did you think that I thought she was about to say, well, you're the father and you ain't got no job. 
Go ahead and babysit this baby. I did not think that. Oh, so you knew she came for the coin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, and then, uh, and, you know, Brian tells, asks Justin to get his checkbook. But the way he does it is just like, will you get my checkbook? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's trusting Justin to go get, I mean, uh, you know. He knows where it's at? Well, yeah, a couple episodes ago, Justin stole his credit card. But, oh, I, but yeah. he knows, you know, he knows that he can trust Justin. Right. And so, yeah, he's fine with him going to get the checkbook. But uh, I think it just shows us how much they have progressed mm-hmm. you know where it's to the point to not only does justin know where the bed is he knows where the checkbook is <laughs> you know? um, some so, growth yeah so he writes this check for Lindsay, and uh, i'm kind of like Lindsay, you really gonna accept this man's check when you when know you, you know he can't afford it yeah okay he getting free counsel from your wife yeah you know, like, i mean he's about to lose his job i mean he's it's you know that list he had with michael he's gonna have to cut back on his face cream his yeah. nights in babylon his yeah, the beautiful loft yeah the like, loft and you're ever talking about some child some daycare <laughs> when melanie and, just and walked out she didn't. She took a quick. Are you sure? Yeah. Like I mean, girl, you know you want them coins. Yeah, you know you came over there just yes. to get that money. That's why she brought that baby. Get she those sure did. Sympathy points. <laughs> Had him nuzzled too. Yeah, you know? I know your game, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> I know your game. Oh my god. Uh, so he writes the check for her, which good on Brian because he says, "I told you that I was going to be there for you and Gus, and even though he's got this own stuff going on, he's still gonna." honor that and so mm-hmm. good on him but Lindsay, i got my eye on you again <laughs> yep i'm always giving her that side yeah eye. yeah i'm always, always yeah questioning those motives <laughs> um but so justin looks at the checkbook and he sees the amount that brian has you know put on there to pay for the daycare and he's thinking he can't his, afford this right his wheels are turning he's like but i think he's i don't think he's mad at Lindsay about it. i think he sees like brian is still trying to do the right thing by people, by the people that he cares about. But I know that he can't afford to do that. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the thing, you know, I thought about this earlier. We talked a lot about what Brian saw in Justin that first night Mm -hmm. that makes him keep going back. But I think you have to also look at what Justin saw in Brian, aside from the fact that he's attractive and he's the stud and whatever. Um, He saw, I think that first night he saw really a heart in Brian, you know, and a vulnerability and, you know, something that was deserving of time and attention and love. And I think he sees that again here, you know, it's mm-hmm. like he's willing to do this for Lindsay and Gus, even though even when he's, he's really not able everything possibly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Lindsay gets her check and then she gets a scurries, <laughs> scurries the hell out. I mean, quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she didn't even stay for no coffee, no tea, she, yeah, nothing. Yeah, like, no, she got she got her got her money and got got gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over at Doctor David and Michael's, Doctor David is being so extra while Michael <laughs> has a, a hangover. <laughs> He's making all kinds of noise. That would have been me. Yeah. Are you want some sleep? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> well, because as far banging. as Doctor David knows, supposedly Michael was at Debbie's house mm-hmm. taking care of his sick mother, and you over there till three in the morning, and now you on the couch with a hangover like how did that go down exactly you tell me really hitting the hot toddies hard (laughs) yep when you got those flu cough sneeze type things okay um and then he tells them like i know that you lied to me to go and be with brian 
Yeah. And so they're just kind of left in this weird, um, you know, spot. They're both kind of upset trying to defend their positions on that. But I rock with Michael. He should have never lied, but right. he definitely should have been there with Brian. Yeah, it's good to be there for your friend. Um, yeah, and like we said, Dr. David shouldn't have put him in that position where he had to choose. And mm-hmm. kind of, for- I mean, the lie is on Michael. Michael yeah. told the lie he shouldn't have. That's but terrible. he also was like, okay, it's not cool for Dr. David to put him in that position to have yeah, to lie. Not at all. Um, okay, so at Woody's, uh, Debbie is there and she's confronting Michael on lying and saying that she was sick, you know, because <laughs> Dr. David came to her house, so she knows all about it. The worst thing is for Debbie to know what's going on in your personal life. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be hovering. Girl. Yeah. But Michael knows that he was wrong. And so he's down and Ted is there and he's down also because he's thinking about Emmett and he's missing him because on a normal night Emmett yep. would be there at Woody's with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Debbie has a, a good, great quote here. She says, a leopard can't change his stripes when they're talking <laughs> about Emmett being gay and trying uh-huh. to change that. And then something that Uncle Vic says is that he says, well, if Emmett doesn't have the guts to be gay when well, he kind of goes on from there. But just... Just that phrase, like, it takes guts to, to be, be gay. gay. Yeah, to be openly I mean, gay takes guts. Who, especially back then, would choose to want to be, you know, ridiculed always right. and, mm-hmm. you know, picked on tease. Like, right. I mean, always to the probably, end To of go jokes. against things that you've been told your whole life. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. No one wants to mm-hmm. be the odd man out yeah. on purpose. Right. You it's know, like, like, it takes a lot of guts it to, does. to be that way. And I think... um People wouldn't see it that way. So I'm glad that they mm-hmm. put that line in there. Uh, so um, while all this is going on, Justin spots old Kippy at the bar. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Justin finna go over there and give yeah. him a little two-piece of something. Yeah, like what's about to go down now that Justin sees him. And so he goes over and he's talking to him and just kind of like, hey, haven't I seen you before? I think I, I think I did. I think I recognize you. And Kip's kind of like not really into it, walking well, away. This the same day, though, I think that no, the day after. Yeah, it's the day after yeah. that he got charged up by Brian. By Brian, yeah. So, yeah, his mind, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, maybe his mind's not in it. But I think that what I told Ken, because Ken was like, oh, wow, he's rejecting Justin. And I was like, I think Justin was just trying to see if Kip recognized mm-hmm. him. Because they did have that, that passing yeah. at mm-hmm. that loft mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. And then if they were at Babylon, then he probably saw, you know, Justin's always around Brian, Brian Emmett, and mm-hmm. Ted. And so I think he's trying to make sure. Trying to check and see if he does recognize him or right. not. Right. And clearly, he he doesn't. That's when I was like, come through, Justin. <laughs> I knew. I Something knew. Something was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Come through. Yeah. Use that charm. Uh, so, Dr. David has a patient waiting in his office. He's got an, uh, an appointment. <laughs> and, uh, and it is uh, Petty Officer Kenny in yep. there. <laughs> And you know he's got a he's got a pain that he needs uh, Dr. David to help him deal with, and the basically so I'm like, hey, you need to lay off Mikey. Um, and he tells him like he is my business, and he'll be my business long after you're gone. And then David let us ask no one. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but then Brian says, well, he will if you act like that. If you put him in that position to choose between the people who have been in his life all this yep. time. And you, like, you're going to push him away. That's how you're going to lose him. Which is facts, though. Yeah. Like, that w- I mean, I mm, don't be in my office smoking. Yeah. Don't be in my <laughs> so office. disrespectful. Yeah. Don't be disrespectful. But he laced him up on some real good game, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was some really good advice. He really did. He dropped some truth, and then he drops a cigarette in his coffee, and he yeah. walks out. <laughs> that was a mic drop. 
Yeah. Uh, so at Emmett's apartment, he's there with Heather after their date, and I am uncomfortable just watching them. Yeah. Uh, but they are both, you know, trying to get a, a success story. They are committed to this, and they just look super weird. And like, <laughs> I mean, they're trying so hard. It's like, gosh, should it be that hard? I know it should be natural. That like, was that your... should tell you something. Yeah, that was your clue. That hard. That was your mm-hmm. clue. Yeah. And so they do this thing, okay, well, you pretend to, like, Emmett says, okay, you pretend that I'm the perfect guy. And he says, I'm going to pretend that you're the perfect girl. Mm-hmm. And then we see that those roles get reversed. <laughs> well, let's just take a pause right there. Yeah. You want to make out, maybe possibly have sex with me, but I have to fantasize that you are someone right. else? yeah. Like that right there. I, yeah. Yeah, it's, that was disrespectful. It's all messed up. Yeah, disrespectful. And I'm like, excuse you. Like, <laughs> I am the perfect woman. For okay? real, yeah. Like, excuse uh, me, hell so you yeah, mean. just all of it is just bad and awful and wrong. Um, but they're going to try. And, and it so, works. Yeah, they find something that, you know, helps them get through it, or at least this part of it. So then we go over to this alley, and Justin is following Kip. Girl, I'm here for it. And he, Justin has learned at this point how to use what I'm he got to get what he wants. for it. <laughs> and so he basically makes Kip want him. Yeah. He does a straight Brian Kenny on this yeah. man, okay? <laughs> he got in his head. He oh, did. it was so good. I mean, he's smooth with it. <laughs> I mean, God. He's like, oh, hell no. He's not my type. Then what is your type? And no words goes yeah. right in for the kiss. Yeah. That's some Brian shit. That's <laughs> some Brian is. shit. Loved it. Okay, so then we go back, unfortunately, to uh, Emmett and Heather, <laughs> and there's no sound in this scene with them in the bed. You know, as the camera's going up, their you know their legs, their naked bodies, and we get to see who this is. And there's no sound there, and it just girl. Yeah. I mean, I almost fell out. You had yeah. no idea. I almost fell out. Emmett then uh, then crossed the line. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> they both looked like, okay, that was that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're like, okay, we have our success story. But I'm like, do we? Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think we, we do. do. Yeah. And you know, Emmett rolls over and we get this like completely Ooh. nude shot of Emmett. Big ups to Peter Page. Yeah, for do- and so he did an interview years ago, and he talked about that scene, and he said, because at this point he's the only um, one from the main cast that has been, you know, full, full frontal nudity. nudity, nudity, and he said that he went through with that on purpose because he wanted it people to feel how uncomfortable Emmett would have been in that situation, right? You know, to be there with that woman and like trying to force something that. Your heart's not in it. Mm-hmm. Your body's not really in mm-hmm. it. You know, so he intentionally did that. And so, yes, big ups to him for going that extra mile. Yeah, he did. To, to convey that, you know, just how awkward and uncomfortable and almost, I want to use the word unnatural yeah. for the two of them that was, that coupling was. It was and she even made a comment. Um, what did she say? I didn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, it wasn't I didn't hate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, supposedly they have their success story, but <laughs> yeah, we're going to mm. go to another story. So, yeah. Uh, mm. Justin and Kip are together and uh, they're at Kip's apartment and Kip's kind of all over Justin. And so, little side thing here, I don't always point these things out, but Justin's tattoo is showing. <laughs> scene so randy has a tattoo justin does not oh <laughs> yeah. how did so he you can see that? it on his uh, yeah i guess his makeup kind of got rubbed off on his arm right there but 
Anyway. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love that. Uh, like Good a eye. scorpion tattoo right there. Girl, but I was anyway. involved in the kissing. <laughs> yeah. So much kissing and yeah. touching. So there's a lot of kissing and touching going on here. And But then you see a look on Justin's face and he looks kind of disgusted with this guy. Mm-hmm. And probably if he'd met Kip in a different situation, that wouldn't have been the case. But knowing what kind of person that Kip is and that he's coming for Brian, which you do not do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's on a mission. So he's like going through with it. And um, he tells Kip ultimately that he's 17. He's like, hey, yeah, my dad went psycho on the last guy. And he reported him to the police. He's serving 10 years. <laughs> and yeah, Kip's like, well, how would he know you were here? Just like, oh, you know, he wouldn't unless I told him. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that? No, I wouldn't. No, no one do that if you do something for me. Facts. <laughs> Come through Justin. Yeah. Okay, he was yeah. clutch yeah. on that. Now, is this the best way to handle it? I mean, he pro- could have put himself Girl, it in was a the best very way. dangerous position, but, you know, he was determined to do something. And so this is kind of what I was getting at earlier when I was talking about what Michael did. And not necessarily versus, but what Michael did and then looking at how Justin handled the situation mm-hmm. for Brian. Uh, Michael, like we said, he went there to be there for his friend. He brought some junk food. They were right. reliving their youth kind of thing. But Justin went over got there action. and got, yeah, was about that results. action. <laughs> got it. Yeah, got some results. Yeah, <laughs> got it done. <laughs> yeah. Michael, Michael, I've been bringing KFC. Yeah, it's like, yeah. that is child's play. <laughs> yeah, for, like, Justin at 17 yeah, that, over here getting results. Yeah, that crispy white meat chicken ain't going to do nothing to get him out of prison. <laughs> he had the real white meat. Yeah. Okay. Well, he did. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Yeah, and y'all know when we first started this whole journey, I was so against Justin and and Brian and yeah, everybody. He was he was Team Michael and Brian. I, I love Justin. Okay, uh, Justin <laughs> is every, especially now. Yeah, I mean, he put himself in danger. This man could have right. been like. It's a threat. I'm going to kill you. Right. He could have taken advantage of him well, since you're here anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, anything could have happened to him. And mm-hmm. no one knew he was there. Right. So, I mean, like, it was just, ooh. He took that risk and it paid off. He did. But, but he did it for Brian. Like, yes. he cares about him that much. And not even just caring about him, but he knows that he's innocent. And unfortunately, you can't just go to the court and be like, he's innocent because it might not work out in his favor, mm-hmm. you know, because we already talked about this being a gay sex scandal. Right. And so it might not work out in Brian's favor. And so he was willing to take that risk, not only for Brian, but because, no, this is right. He is a liar. That is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, He's seeking justice. And it probably wouldn't have been a jury of his peers. Right. You know, when I say of his peers, you're going to have extremely Probably straight, conservative. Yeah, yeah. Conservative. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it's going to be all the people from See the Light. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> the jury. And if they bring up Brian's history. Right. With all his partying and his hookups. And his drugs. Yeah, the drugs. And all this other stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And then he is in a high power um, position. Right. I mean, and the fact that it happened at work. Right. You know, so I mean, ugh, it wasn't looking out right. Yeah. So. so yeah, it was extreme measures that Justin took, but he felt like that was that was what was necessary to get it done, and so that's what he did. I got a question for you. Do you think that uh, anything happened with Kip and Justin? Do you think they finished? Absolutely they not. <laughs> I think once he said it's over, he he got all everything he need. But no, that's absolutely right, and I don't think so either because the look that Justin had, like, yeah, he that was just a means to an end, you know. So I think there would have been no pleasure in it for right. him because, like I said, he he was disgusted by him because of how he treated Brian and handled that situation, and he only did this. For Brian. Right. You know, like it was not for his it own wasn't pleasure. Pleasurable. At all. It was like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna go get me a little hookup to make Brian jealous. Um, no. And Justin's way smarter than that. No, he right. would definitely not. 
Yeah. Mm-mm. And Kip and then was he ugly anyway. Cut, yeah, he was ugly. Kip was. Uh, yeah. And he'd have lost a little bit of his credibility in that argument anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think anything. I don't think they, they finished that. Mm-mm. Then my, Melanie and Brian are waiting mediation. And they're sitting there and Brian says, no matter how this goes, he thanks her for being willing to help. And they're just kind of sitting there, ready to face whatever's going to happen, to face the music. And Marty Ryder comes in. He's telling Brian, got to get to work. Got this campaign coming up. And Brian's like, "Uh, excuse me? Yeah, what's going on? (laughs) And he tells him that the matter has been dropped. He's like, I don't know, but they dropped it. Let's just move on. Yeah, let's get to work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Melody cannot believe it. She's like, you are Mr. Teflon. Nothing sticks to you. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And so while she's probably, on the one hand, happy, it's that thing where he's like, I cannot stand you. (laughs) Yeah, like, why? Like, oh. Yeah. Brian Kenny always wins. Yeah. Uh, Now, back over at the See the Light meeting, uh, Ted and Michael are there. They showed up because Emmett invited them, basically. And so they Mm. show up. And Ted's speech here is probably my favorite bit of dialogue in season one. Yeah. Um, I love what he says. And I don't have it verbatim, but he says, you know, we still love you and we'll miss you. And he says, God created you in his image. Since God is love and doesn't make mistakes, then you must be exactly the way he wants you to be, the way he intended you to be. And he says, we're all his and he loves all of us. And so, you know, the last time we did episode 113, you were talking about your own kind of internal yeah. battle and struggle and conversations that you were having around this topic. And I, I kind of paused it because I wanted us to get to Ted's speech right. here for you to hear the way they handled that. In and you show. know, that speech touched me. Yeah. Like, that hit home. I, I mean, it gave me some reassurance. It mm-hmm. made me feel better about myself. It really did. Yeah. It, it was yeah. perfect. It was perfect. And, Hell, maybe brought a tear to my eye. Like, yeah. I teared up during that. Well, and I love that they didn't go, like, the boo God, boo Christian route. They went like, no, if God is loving, that means God loves you, too. Because a lot of the other, a lot of other shows go the other way on that, right. where it's just like, all of it is bad. Yeah. God's awful. Kill mm-hmm. him. Kind of thing. And I like that they said, no, they validated um Emmett's faith in God, his belief in God by saying, God loves you. God created you. You are what he wanted you to be. Yep. And then they basically said, get all the noise. Yeah. (laughs) And they was like, no matter what, we love you. Good luck. You know, Mm -hmm. they were very supportive. Those are some real excellent friends. Yeah. Uh, But we also saw that Ted is still bothered by that thousand dollars. Girl, he is not going to let that (laughs) go. He has not quite got over that part. Like he's willing to say, okay, Emmett, you do your thing. You be what you got to be. But he's still not over that thousand dollars. That was a thousand Uh, wasted. But so we also see that Heather (laughs) overheard uh, Ted's speech. And so it's got her wheels turning. She's thinking too. So back at Dr. David and Michael's, they are, uh, well, first it starts with uh, Dr. David comes in and Michael is uh, putting his comics in some protective sleeves and Dr. Davis says, you have to be careful with those. And Michael says, they're valuable, so you have to protect them from the light. And that is just perfect. Perfect. Coming off of that See the Light meeting. And that's when I said. Perfect writing there. See the light? And I was like, that was shade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unintended. Uh, but then they have a reconciliation here. Michael apologizes for lying. And Dr. David apologizes for getting worked up over Brian. And, this is why um, I love this man. I tell you sometimes. <laughs> now I'm back to the love. Yeah. Go on. Well, so then Michael says, I can't stop seeing him. That's my friend. I care about him. We've been friends for a long time. And Dr. David says, well, you know, and you should be free to see who you want. This isn't a prison. Basically, you're not an inmate here. 
And so then Dr. David tells him to go out. Like, hey, go out with your friends. Go Mm -hmm. have some fun. I'm tired. I'm going to hang here at the house. But if you want to go out and hang with your friends, go ahead and do it. And Michael chooses to stay home with his man. He puts on some music and they have a party right there in the living room. I loved it. That that was perfect for me. Mm -hmm. The fact that David gave him the go ahead to go on out. Like, hey, go do your thing. I love you. I trust you. But the fact that Michael was like, no, babe. I'm going to stay yeah. and we're going to enjoy it. We're going to dance. You know, that right there. I'm going to sap like that. I love <laughs> stuff like that. That yeah. romantic, you know, gushy type stuff. I love yeah. it. It was beautiful. Um. Oh, yeah. Well, you're going to be in for a real treat <laughs> in the oh, coming episode. I'm ready. Uh, okay. So then later on that night over at Babylon, some people did go, uh, namely Ted and Mel. And they're, ha- they're both having a Cosmo in Emmett's honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then also on the dance floor, we see Brian and Justin. And Justin's shirt falls off. And Brian says, hey, you're losing your shirt. And I just want to say to you, Ken, if we're ever at Babylon and my shirt falls on the floor for whatever reason, do not give it back to me. Because <laughs> I don't want it. I just imagine the floor at Babylon is Girl. the most disgusting thing in the world. Yeah. Everything <laughs> happens at Babylon. Yeah. Don't give me my shirt back. If it's on the floor. <laughs> Uh, but anyway so then justin tells brian you know you almost lost yours too and uh brian basically says i don't know what happened i don't know how how i got dropped and then justin says it's a mystery and i like that that he didn't tell him yeah i like that he didn't tell him because he didn't do it for him to be like Like oh justin you're my hero Mm -hmm. he did it because he felt like that was the right thing to do it's like Mm -hmm. hey somebody has accused him of something that he did not do there's an injustice here we need to write that wrong and so i like that he didn't tell him well i got a question for you yeah does he tell him eventually does brian find i out? am not telling you anything that happens beyond <laughs> episode 114 i don't know why you try this <laughs> well i mean it wouldn't be me if i didn't try no, i do you, every no, episode you would not be you if you didn't try <laughs> uh question mm-hmm. how do you think brian would react or respond if he found out what justin did with kip uh I think that he would play like he would play like he would be upset. Like, what are you what are you doing? You know, why would you jeopardize yourself? You know, you could have jeopardized this whole case. But deep down inside, like, that's my boy. You know, he came through for me. I definitely think that Mm. he would probably feel, you know, those two ways about it, because on the one hand, he wouldn't want Justin risking himself. but He would appreciate the fact that he did risk himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that he did. Not risk himself, but that but he did care to enough help. to do something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, everybody was just leaving him like a sitting duck, you yeah. know? like Yeah, well, that's the other thing that I noticed is, like, you think about would, um, does Brian suspect or does he know that what Justin did? And I don't think so because I don't think he would have expected anybody in his life to right. do that because... Michael's reaction was, you know, he showed up with the junk food, but really only after Justin was like, hey, you're his best friend. Aren't you going to do something? Absolutely. And then that's when he grabbed the phone and called David. And yep. uh, and then Lindsay showed up with her own set of problems, <laughs> <laughs> you know. With a handout. So, right. Yeah, with her handout. So she didn't wasn't really offering much. And then even Debbie and Vic were just like, well, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I made a bad choice. Mm-hmm. and mess himself over yeah so yeah i don't think that he suspects it because yeah he doesn't expect anybody in his life to care that much mm-hmm. even just about his innocence or about his character to go and do something that extreme for him which is very saddening it like, is it's really sad because those are those people who are supposed to know him the best yep i mean these are your loved ones this is your second family because his you know his 
actual family. You know, he doesn't have that bond, yeah. that connection, you know. So that's very sad. It very is sad. sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I think that he would have played Matt. But deep down inside, he would have been happy that he went to those links to ensure his safety. So. Yeah. Yeah. And even if he was mad, he would have forgiven him. Because yeah, he would have understood why Justin mm-hmm. did it. True. So I like that because, I mean, I don't want to be like Michael bashing because there are some good redeeming qualities about Michael. But I think Michael would have been like, let me tell you how I did it, Brian. <laughs> no, Michael definitely <laughs> would have. Lindsay definitely would have been like, let me tell you how I did it. And then you can write me a check after I told you. He would have put the cape on like I'm Captain Save-A-Ho. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, I like that he didn't say anything. But then... um. Justin makes a comment, well, lucky for you, I'm about to turn 18, and his birthday's coming up. Yeah. And so Brian asks him what he wants for his birthday, um, and then, you know, Justin gives him a kiss. Okay. What do you think Justin is asking Brian for for his birthday? I mean, he just wants him. That's all yeah. I think. Like, yeah. I mean, that's all I want. As Justin has let, it be, has let it be known that his heart is for Brian. Right. You know, that's okay. what I think. Okay. Girl, what you think? No, no, no. I think he, I think he definitely wants Brian. I just feel that he personally, he just wants like I'm 18, I'm legal. Like it was iffy before then, but now you know, yeah, I'm here. Well, and like and, I said, he's making it clear again. Like what I, what I want for my birthday is what I've been telling you that I want. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's Brian. Yeah, mm-hmm. like and he understands that that relationship won't look the way that he thought it was gonna look, like in episode 102. Right. But he still wants. That's what he wants for his True. birthday. Uh, so then we go back over to Melanie and Ted, and they're talking, and uh, he's sad. Emmett and Heather show up. Oh yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. Emmett, I mean, um, Ted was so sad, yeah. and he was talking about all the little phrases um, that Emmett would say, yeah. you know, to cheer him up to get him out there. <laughs> yeah, and as he was saying it, Emmett mm-hmm. walks right on up, and they tell them that they've seen the light, a different kind of light. And um, they know that God loves them and, you know, they're going to be who they are. And Emmett says his flame has been rekindled. And then <laughs> he goes to hug Ted and spills his drink all over him. And all is right in the world. Yes. <laughs> it was all corrected with that one spill um, Cosmo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and then that's kind of the end of Emmett's uh, See the Light journey. And that's the end of this episode. Well, girl, I'm so happy because, I mean, I was so anxious with him at the see the light like yeah. i just couldn't understand it like i mean oh i was anxious but yeah i was happy <laughs> i was so happy it was it was done and he saw the light uh-huh. the real light uh-huh. at the end of the tunnel because it's like we home. can't lose Emmett. yeah like as Emmett being Emmett, we can't lose him no so he's the light heart he's yeah. the fun you mm-hmm. know well I mean, and i think i'm glad that he went on that journey because if anything it makes you more sure like no this is who i am exactly and so i think Emmett did need to get to that place where he, he knew it. who he was. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he had it was see the light that got him there. But And it's probably going to bring him back stronger. Yeah. You know? Because, like, I mean, he did. He went down. A, he cut everybody off in his life. Yeah. Went down a totally different path. Mm-hmm. Tried something totally different. Made new friends. And yeah. then came back to his group. So Right. Yeah. Right. Went back to who he was to start with. So he knows Good exactly who he is. I really enjoyed this episode. I mean, I thought all the subjects... Um, were really good. Uh, each scene was really good. I, I loved, like I said before, the comedic timing, all the little things. Everything about it was funny to me. 113 <laughs> and um, 114 definitely goes down into my top two episodes. I love those. <laughs> I do. Well, guys, it was so fun. And as always, it's so real. Well, like we say always, if you haven't already, please, 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 once you like, 
um, you know, send us an email, you know, be interactive with us. We always love to hear your comments. We love to hear your feedback. So if you have anything, please let us know. Yeah, find us at libertydinerdish.com. Email us at libertydinerdish at gmail.com. All right, yeah. And guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.